the Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, but your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. Today is Monday, November the 29th, 2010. This is episode number 80 of Purple Mafia. Yes, yet another milestone of Purple Mafia, this being the 80th show. We could kind of call it the Chris Carter Show, a tribute to Chris Carter. But of course, we're not going to really talk about Chris Carter that much. But uh, the number 80 is for Chris Carter. So I guess we'll just say uh, the future Hall of Fame wide receiver gets mentioned here because of the number and because it's retired by the Vikings and all that good stuff. All right. (laughs) Today, of course, we're going to talk about Leslie Frazier's first victory in his first game as a Minnesota Viking head coach and the significance of this victory. Well, some people out there will tell you that its significance is not all that great. Don't put too much into it. But when I mention a small little anecdote regarding former Viking head coaches. Well, it's uh, quite alarming when you consider what company Leslie Frazier's in, or let's just say what company he's not in, at least particularly in the first few Minnesota Viking coaches. Yes, Leslie Frazier getting a victory on the road in his first game. Pretty significant. We'll get to that shortly. Of course, we are going to review the first game of Leslie Frazier's coaching career. Maybe it'll be a long career, maybe it won't. Who knows? But the Vikings defeat the Washington Redskins in the nation's capital, 17-13. to They are now 4-7. and Yeah, that's where the significance of the victory is not quite as large yet because it's going to take a lot more than one win to catapult this club back into contention. We are still four games ahead of the Chicago Bears who won, who are now 8-3. and The Packers are 7-4. and Thank God for the Atlanta Falcons, the old Dirty Birds. You know, that team, yeah, they beat the... Uh, the Packers yesterday, so we appreciate that. The Eagles could not defeat the Bears, so the two birds not completely successful yesterday. Michael Vick's current team (laughs) with Michael Vick beats, or does not beat the Bears. Michael Vick's former team does beat the Packers, so okay. Now that that's all together and that's all, all the dots are connected there, we'll continue. Of course, we're going to get to the Facebook group, the tweets, the mentions, all that good stuff. It was a it was another tedious game. That's pretty much about what it was. So we're going to jump into it right away. Yeah, we're just going to jump right on into it right away. A uh, fairly slow start yet again. What a surprise. Another tedious start by the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, and by the way, Bernard Berrien inactive yet again. Question number one, what the hell is going on? How could Bernard Berrien be hurt this much? I'm not sure. We're not going to mention the former Viking coach today, except for a small little tidbit about how former Viking coaches started off their career and all that good stuff. Yeah, 
we're just going to move on there. Um, special teams coverage yet again today, yesterday, that is not very, <laughs> not very impressive, to say the least. It's, uh, I just, I don't know, I don't know what to think about the Viking special teams. It's quite frustrating. Um, the Washington Redskins, though, started off the game scoring on their first drive, a very sustained drive by Donovan McNabb and the Washington Redskins. Of course, not a very exciting team at all. They never really have been. Well, okay, maybe they sort of have been. Uh, I would have thought their offense would have been a little bit better with Donovan McNabb at quarterback. It has not really been all that impressive. And the running game, oh my God, the running game. Oh, 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 oh. yeah, Mr. Davis got six rushes yesterday for the... Uh, Washington Redskins, and ran for 11 yards. Good for a 1.8 yards average. That's great. Mr. Banks, yeah, that guy who was, uh, he'll be known a little bit later on here for what he did in the special teams, did all but nothing as well. Two carries, six yards. And Mr. Williams of the Washington Redskins, five yards on three carries. So there you go. That's about sums up their running game. Toby Gerhardt and Adrian Peterson both did okay. Gearhart's not that great, though, um, but the numbers will tell you he had a solid football game. So that's pretty much we're going to talk about the running game. Um, the first quarter, though, again, just grinded out tedious football. Gee, does that sound familiar? Does that sound like a broken record? Does that sound like a broken? Does that sound like a broken? Does that sound like a broken record? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> Very tedious football yet again. What is What a surprise, folks, really. You know, it doesn't matter who the coach is. It's tedious football. I'm just glad they won the game. Um, Favre was, <laughs> was fairly accurate in this game. He didn't throw an interception. That's that's wonderful. But some of his throws were like nine miles over the receiver's head, and it's like, okay, that's what's the deal here? That's great to know your arm is healthy, but uh, my goodness, can we try to get the ball like in people's hands? Yeah, that was a million-dollar question. But again, the defense, this is what made us think the Vikings' defense was really in big trouble still because how the uh, Redskins completed their sustained drive as they continue to bounce around like a yo-yo, and I apologize. But they continue their sustained drive halfway through the first quarter. That's why the first half went by so fast because the clock just kept running and running and running and running and running. The Washington Redskins, short pass after short pass, were able to go all the way and finally score, again, as I said, midway through the first quarter. It was a pass to Fred Davis for a touchdown, of course, that being the uh, Washington Redskins running back. And it's like, oh, here we go. Great. That's just wonderful. But then the Vikings score on their first drive. It only took them four minutes. It took the Redskins about eight to score. The Vikings score a very solid drive, mostly great rushing by, yes, that's right, Adrian Peterson. Yeah, Adrian Peterson all over the place in this drive. Favre completing a pass or two to Shenko here and there. Not a bad drive at all for the Vikings. And uh, this was very exciting. Of course, Frazier, not an offensive guy, but the uh, the handcuffs are gone. The handcuffs are gone because the former coach, as I continue to not say his name, <laughs> was uh, much to all your, uh, you know, I'm sure all of you are happy that I'm not saying his name. Um... Yeah, the handcuffs are off, and you can tell the handcuffs are off. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to go out there and score 40 points, but it does mean that we're going to be a little teeny tiny, just a little bit more creative, 
and maybe just a little more fluent on occasion. Yeah, they're still pretty tedious because we're still out of control. We still can't really catch the ball much. We can't seem to get yards. And unfortunately, a guy by the name of Adrian Peterson hurt his ankle. I told, I could tell the instant he was limping, it was, yeah, it's clearly the ankle. It's not the knee. It's not anything but the ankle. Not the foot. I mean, I know what an ankle injury looks like just by the way the guy's walking. It's just I've seen it too many times, and I've had the same problem too many times. <laughs> yeah, I'm speaking from experience in that one. Um, but, no, that first drive was fun. Uh, Brent for Liberty, of course. Brent Jacobson. And, by the way, no Collins so far today, unfortunately. Or no Collins for the show today, unfortunately. I uh, would like to hear you on the next show. 209-736-7877. 209-736-787 is the phone lines, which is a voicemail. So, yeah, we'll continue, though. Mr. Brent comments and says, Nice touchdown drive to start the Leslie Fraser era of the Vikings football. And now Brent says the defense needs to continue to be stifling. Like they were on that second drive by the Redskins. says, yes. After this, it was some very strong defensive football by the Vikings. The Vikings did a great job in this game defensively. The Redskins, it didn't look like they were going to score another point in this game. It really didn't look like they were until the special team started, you know, taking a dump on the field. That's basically what I'm going to say. Forgive my uh, inappropriate comment, but it was, it was ugly. It just was. The special teams suck so bad. They really do. At least right now. <laughs> it really is. And I said, yeah, the, our special teams coverage is especially bad. That's for sure. Um, like I said, though, before Adrian Peterson did get hurt, he looked pretty damn amazing. Catching a pass, exploding. That was on the first drive of the game. Got the Vikings into scoring um, distance. As we say, it was a 34-yard reception. Very beautiful to see. Peterson only finished at 36 yards and only six carries because, yeah, he got hurt. Um, that was quite unfortunate. Um, yes, it was. But during this game, though, despite the fact he only got to carry the ball six times, he did manage to get his 1,000th yard, and that was pretty damn exciting indeed. Um, Adrian Peterson, the official Vikings' most viable player for this season, i got to say. I mean, he absolutely is. He just continued to break through that defense of the Redskins, Redskins that isn't really that good. That's what's a little frustrating about the Vikings only getting 17 points on the road because the Redskins, well, their defense isn't very good at all. In fact, they give up more yards than anybody. I know the Eagles game... Just two weeks ago, bloated that a little bit, but still. They still gave up those yards, regardless of what you were going to say. They did it. They did what they did. As they also said, Favre's arm looked okay. I mean, looks okay, but the accuracy isn't always great. His, his official accuracy for the game was good, but some of his overthrow, the, the time, the amount of overthrows and just how badly the ball was overthrown by Favre, a little frustrating. Officially, Favre completed 15 of 23 passes. 172 yards and 65% a quarterback rating of 87.6, despite the fact Mr. Favre did not get a touchdown in this game, but hey, at least he didn't get an interception. We'll take it from that standpoint, and we will take it immediately and right at this point, unfortunately. This was during the second quarter when a whole lot of nothing was happening. We were maybe getting one first down here and there, and that was about it. Adrian Peterson, down to the ankle, kind of turned it as the players were, as he was getting tackled, as you're getting in the pile. It just it just turned, and he got up kind of hopping. Didn't look like he was like in the amount of pain, like, oh, my God, this guy's done for the year. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, 
But yeah, obviously significant enough that Adrian Peterson would not return, despite the fact he was clearly jumping up and down on the sidelines wanting to get going. Um, well, maybe not jumping, but, you know, jumpy on the sidelines. Had it taped up really tight. But uh, yeah, he never did return, much to my surprise. Um, I made a comment at the time saying, was there anyone that thought Peterson was going to miss time? Because I was like, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll go back in. Just just watch. Uh, Gerhardt, very unimpressive early. <laughs> he really was. But he would get a little bit better here and there. And as we continue here, uh, Brent Jacobson's comment was, row, 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 shaggy. Row, row, shaggy. Yep, so like, row, row. Yeah, that would be, you know, that would be a <laughs> Scooby-Doo little there. Imitation by Brent Jacobson. Adrian Peterson hurt. I hope it isn't serious. Jacobson again comments, Woo, Peterson appears to be able to return. We need him. Unfortunately, he didn't. Um, his comment was when I made my comment of, uh, is there anyone thought that Peterson was going to miss time? He says, I was concerned. All day AP makes a comment saying that uh, this offense is frustrating, and I'm like, here we, or yeah, the play calls are, are pissing me off, basically is what she said. hope I'm saying that correctly, because I don't have her official tweet in front of me. I should have retweeted it. Um, and I said, oh, here we, yep, it started already, hasn't it? And she's like, it never stopped, <laughs> which is the funny part. Um, and she said all of them, apparently, when it came to the play calls and the, the coordinators and all that, the former coach and the current coordinator, that's basically what I asked her, and she said all of them, apparently, because, yeah, it was it was still tedious. The players have something to do with that, too, as well, as I'm sure all day AP knows. Eventually, though, eventually, Toby Gerhardt would finally get things going. Well, we'll talk about that as we continue later on. Yeah, Greg Camarillo, this guy, yeah, he didn't even, like, the ball was thrown right to him, but he didn't even try to body Buchanan out of the way. That, of course, missed. <laughs> that, of course, Buchanan, of the, like, we tried to get him in the offseason, and supposedly we didn't sign him. He actually probably would have been better than Leto Shepard. I think he probably would have been playing instead of Asher Allen right now. But uh, Mr. Buchanan, Philip Buchanan, that is, knocked the ball right out of Camarillo, Camarillo's hands with no resistance. That was a little frustrating, just a little. Mm. I had a comment to uh, Brent Jacobson. Yeah, the, the Redskins' defense on paper is horrible, but of course when they play the Vikings, they, they play like the Pittsburgh Steelers, and yeah, they kind of looked like it for a while because that's just how it always seems to look. Last year, the Arizona Cardinals had probably the worst defense of all time. Well, no, one of the worst, though. And they looked like the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Vikings and kicked our ass last year. Luckily, the Vikings, again, the result a little different here. Um, and, yes, the injury bug really starting to run its, <laughs> rub off on the Vikings. Adrian Peterson, other guys down the stretch of St. Abdullah hurt uh, later on in this game. Ray Edwards sprained his ankle as well. What the heck? What is going on here? This is never getting better. Yep, that's what Ray Edwards limped off the field right before halftime. That's a little frustrating indeed. The Vikings, though, have a nice, solid drive early in the second half. And we're talking very early. A nice, sustained drive. It did eat up some time. That's the good part. And Toby Gerhardt was able to finish it off for his first touchdown in the National Football League. And yeah, Toby Gerhardt. See, Adrian Peterson eclipsed 1,000 yards on the ground. Toby Gerhardt eclipsed 100 for the season. What? But the good part is, hey, it had to come at some point, <laughs> and it did. Um, 
Gerhardt finally did that. In fact, he got 76 yards on the day and his first touchdown of the year. That's not to say Toby Gerhardt isn't a, uh, at least something of a player because he had over he had over 130 yards receiving for the year. That isn't bad for a guy that gets as limited time as he gets. So that's a good sign when we're talking about Mr. Toby Gerhardt out of Stanford. Mm-hmm. Good old Stanford. The plays, though, early on in that second half where, yeah, you could tell, again, if they're saying, hey, look, the shackles are off. The shackles are off. The announcers were talking about it as well. It was it was nice to see Mr. Stockton, the, uh, I keep saying Mr. about everybody because I just, I'm in that mood today, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, guys, if it's annoying you. Um, Dick Stockton, I think he's a decent announcer. Yeah, he was like, hey, look, the, the shackles are off. The shackles are off on this offense. They're having a lot more fun out there. Favre has got a little more freedom to be more creative. It's not because you're letting Favre run the team, but you're listening to him. You're giving him a chance to be creative, and that's where the former coach was, uh, well, <laughs> the former coach was certainly at fault there. Yeah, he was. You know, we just might be, uh, I don't even want to go there. Yeah, let's just say we might have a better record right now. That might help us a little bit. i got to think. But, yeah, Toby Gerhardt finally scored a very fun drive. Creativity? Oh, my God, creativity. What? That's right, creativity in the Vikings offense. That's like, well, maybe we saw a little bit of that last year just because Favre got a teeny bit of freedom. That was nice. Unfortunately, on the uh, ensuing drive, Mr. Abdullah, that's being Hussein Abdullah, also hurt again like, my God, is there any more? Is there any more <laughs> injuries that are going to rub off on the Vikings? Because, yes, the Washington Redskins, absolutely decimated by injuries. That kind of was probably a small factor in the Vikings win yesterday, not just the uh, fact that we changed coaches. But I think that did have something to do with it. Um, now we're going to get to a few more mentions here. I ever get there? Yes, Brent Jacobson says, nice to see Toby Gerhardt get a touchdown, but damn, I hope to see Adrian back in the field. Again, no, he wasn't. Uh, they're talking about who the heck is uh, this is Daily Norseman again. Yep, a uh, very well-known Minnesota Vikings blog out there. Again, great to Great to know that he's following Purple Mafia on Twitter. Not sure if he's following the show yet, but if you are, hey, thank you, buddy. And, uh, hey, welcome to the show. And, <laughs> yeah, this is pretty exciting because he's a part of, uh, hey, the Daily Nor- Daily Norseman. There's a link to him on Yahoo, on the Vikings page on Yahoo, though. There's something going on there. That's a good sign for Mr. Daily Norseman over there. But, yeah, he says that Sanford and Frampton were both inactive today. Johnson is the only other safety left, that being Ty Rell Johnson, and it's like, oh, great. Luckily, though, St. Abdullah would return. Thank God. Thank God, indeed. I asked about Sanford because I just wasn't... Hey, I'm not perfect. I missed some I missed some stuff here and there. That's just because there's a, you know, a lot of players on this team. Uh, busy schedules as well at times get in the way for certain things. I didn't really... Yeah, I didn't necessarily think that... Hussein Abdullah is going to be at hurt. And uh, so I missed the fact that, yeah, Sanford is literally hamstrung. Yes, he is. MN Vikings guy. That makes enough to mention that. Literally hamstrung. I think I saw him flipping through a swank on the sidelines earlier. Um, thank you for that, MN Vikings guy. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> the Chiefs zone then makes a comment saying, take that, Kansas State fans. Got it like that. He also says, that uh, Brandon Banks, the guy who got a 
punt return touchdown erased for the Redskins. Kind of wanted him. Yeah, because uh, yeah, Brandon Banks, apparently from Kansas State. Yeah. Brandon Banks, though, during the course of this game, had some massive returns against the Vikings. Of course, as I was complaining earlier about the returns, well, that's because, yeah, Brandon Banks was eating the Vikings alive. 66-yard return here. Yeah, 66-yard return earlier in the game. Officially 65, unfortunately. Uh, 123 yards for the whole game. Average 30.8 per return. That was just a little ridiculous. A lot less from Mr. Camarillo. Camarillo, that's all I might as well call him. Mr. Mr. Faircatch himself, whose average for the game was 7 yards. That's right, 7 yards. A return. Thank you for that, Mr. Camarillo. Um, man, oh man, oh man. Yeah, this game could have easily been a lot different if not for a block behind the back later on in the game. We'll get back to that shortly. Again, the injuries all over the place. E.J. Henderson got an interception later in the game. It looked like the Vikings were fine. I mean, the, the, the Redskins were finally going to make some type of drive, but E.J. got a major interception. That was very nice indeed. Unfortunately, though, the Vikings only gained about three yards on this on this attempt, on this golden opportunity. And, um, well, at least they were able to get a field goal out of it. The Redskins weren't in Viking territory, but, uh, yeah, the interception was huge. And, yeah, at least we got three, that's for sure. The Vikings take a 17-7 to lead. That was, of course, after Gerhardt's touchdown that gave the Vikings the lead officially. That was pretty fun. The Vikings did stop the Redskins. That was after, yes, that was after Banks' massive return. Got them. It looked like the Vikings were screwed after Banks' massive return. This is when the 65-yard return officially happened. Um... <laughs> he had a 30-yard return, a 60-yard return. It just never ends. Man alive, man. Vikings got very lucky here. It looked like Banks was going to get a touchdown on that one. But no, the Redskins only get a field goal out of it to make it 17-10. to That, of course, extremely frustrating that he was in that position in the first place. Uh, Chiefs zone making a comment. Bad luck for Banks on getting that punt return touchdown called back. We'll get to that in a minute. I'm going to continue here. I got a little ahead of myself. That was, uh... <laughs> it's like... Vikings could not gain yards, though I was still complaining about that at the time. They had to punt. Of course, they had to punt. That was fun stuff. The, uh, the Redskins get the ball back. Medea Williams was burned, and I mean absolutely burned down the line. Hussein Abdullah and Asher Allen though make key plays to stop the Redskins. That was unbelievable. Asher Allen and Hussein Abdullah make key stops. Holy crap, Batman! That is what I call amazing. Yep, key stops. This is after another good Banks return, of course. Not a great one, but a good one. Good enough. The Vikings defense wasn't so good for a while there. The Redskins wind up with another field goal, 17-13. Of course, no more scoring in the game. There was another fun play down the stretch. Vikings had the ball back. It looked like the Vikings had a nice first down that they needed, absolutely. Because their offense, of course, majorly sputtering at this point beyond human belief. Uh, very late whistle on what looked like an easy first down play. Delay of game. Brett Favre did not even get the ball hiked. That was unfortunate. The Vikings did... <sighs> Yeah, they did have to punt. 
And then, guess, here it was. The kick to Brandon Banks returned for what looked like a touchdown, but no. An illegal block from behind the back negates the touchdown, and the Banks, Banks does not get a touchdown, and that was, uh, <laughs> that's what, that was the ball game. That screwed the Redskins at that point. It's about midway through the fourth quarter. It looked like we lost the game. It looked like we were going to lose. Here you go, another road loss for the Vikings, one way or another, despite if the Redskins are good or bad. It's like, it's just another loss, just another loss. Very frustrating indeed for the, uh, the Vikings, but no, thank God again, the yellow flags come in and save the day for the Vikings because of a, just a, a dumb penalty. But then again, the touchdown probably wouldn't have happened. Maybe, hard to say. It looked like which uh, it looked like the Viking player. Can't remember exactly who it was. Would have had enough of an angle to at least slow Banks, and then possibly other players could have got him down. I'm not sure, <laughs> but all that matters is that that touchdown did not happen. And thank God for that. The Redskins would not score again. Now let's get to the Chief Zone again. This is Farzine Vestugian, by the way, the host of the Chief Zone on the sportsstuff.com. If he was listening, appreciate you listening, buddy. You're a fantastic show host, and hey, I'd love you to call in sometime when you can. I also call into his show at times as well, so there's a little inside information for you listeners. Yeah, he's saying bad luck for Banks there. Yep. He said, sure enough, that comment comes back to bite me. Jordy Nelson from K-State gets the tying touchdown for Green Bay. That's when the Packers and Falcons are going at it. And then he also makes the comment, one more for my Farzine. Cowboys and Vikings fire coaches result to success. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of funny how that turns out, but yes, it does. The Vikings then get the ball and sustain as much time as they can. But first, before I get to that, uh, Vikes Princess says, I hope the special team... Coach is fired next. I say I couldn't agree more. That is the funny part. Medea Williams almost had the interception. That's right. Gotta love that. Another broken record. Medea Williams very nearly made the interception. Gotta love that. That was down the stretch and the Vikings could have closed things out. That was the hilarious part right there. But the Vikings luckily are able to stop the Redskins despite the fact that uh, Mr. Medea Williams could not get the interception for the 99 quadrillionth time in that final attempt by the well what would be the final attempt by the Redskins the Vikings sustain a lot of time on their final drive it is then third and nine and here it is folks the play of the week the play of the week all over sports center all over the world a 41 year old quarterback ac- inaccurate passes or not not a very not not certainly not the far of 2009 that's for sure it looks a lot more like um, <laughs> Gus Verrat. I guess we'll say. Looks a lot more like Gus Serrata of 2008. Occasionally good once in a while. 41 years old. Broken bones in his foot. Ankle, whatever. Hurt ankle as well. Runs nine yards for a first down. Brett Favre ran nine yards for a first down. Oh my God! And ladies and gentlemen, that was the ball game. The uh, Redskins were out of timeouts. All the Vikings had to do was take a couple knees. And Leslie Frazier receives the game ball from Brett Favre with a big smile on his face. Brett Favre has a big smile on his face. Obviously, Adrian Peterson, gimpy as heck, trying to jump. But it's like, okay, I better not. Um, Leslie Frazier gets the game ball from Brett Favre. Do you guys think that, uh, do you guys think just for one second 
if the Vikings had a gutsy win on the road, that they'd give the ball. And I know you could say whatever you want about this win. Wasn't pretty at all, but hey, we'll take it. It's a baby, and I mean a very tiny baby step towards most likely a whole lot of nothing, but still maybe a building block for next year, I guess. If if Leslie Frazier's the coach, if not, I, 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 I don't know what it means then. We'll find out someday, I guess. <laughs> it means we weren't uh, three and thirteen. I guess we're not going to be three and thirteen now. Um, <laughs> but no, do you guys think that Brett Favre would have given the ball to the former coach on a Vikings Vikings road victory? No, <laughs> I tend to agree. <laughs> I tend to agree, folks. I don't think he would. I don't think there's a chance in hell, and that does tell you something about Leslie Frazier and the former coach. Yes, it does. Brent, for Liberty, Brent Jacobson, final comment on the game. Wow, what a ballsy play by Favre and the Vikings. Nice, nice win to start the Leslie Frazier era of Vikings football. Skull Vikings. Dan Taylor says, didn't see the game, so I'm looking forward to the show. Skull, and yes, I'm glad you're listening always, Dan. I appreciate it oh so very much. Of course, again, from the U.K., I hope I don't say that too much and annoy people, or especially Dan. Um, but yeah, very much appreciated member of the show there. And uh, hope you're enjoying it as you're listening and hearing me read what you said there. <laughs> very much appreciated indeed. So now I'm going to make this quick comment before I start reading some of the uh, the face. Yeah, start reading the Facebook page and Facebook group and eventually preview the Buffalo Bills. That's right, the Buffalo Bills and the Vikings. That's going to be interesting next week. Cold weather on the road. Uh-oh, more cold weather on the road for Favre. <gasps> oh, no. But uh, we'll worry about that when the time comes. Okay, i got to read this uh, comment really quick first. Daily Norseman, Brett Favre, you magnificent son of a bitch. Okay, I swore again. Um, but no, actually, Daily Norseman swore. Yeah, I had to... Uh... <laughs> I had to read that. I had to. It was fun. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, boy. And for the record, Jen's BB made a comment saying, eh, you know, Fred Favre was terrible just because he made a 10-yard uh, run. Doesn't make him, doesn't make anything great about how horrible he was today. And Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll give that to you. Yeah, but at least he didn't turn the ball over. There, I, I mean, I'll give that back to Favre. That's not mean. I'm endorsing Favre as this great quarterback right now because, of course, he isn't. And all of you know it. Most turnovers in the league, we all know that, indeed. So, agree. All right. But, no, Leslie Frazier. Now, I'm going to get to this right now. I'm going to get to this point right in the middle of the show. I guess it's kind of around the middle, maybe whatever, something like that, three-fifths through it, whatever. Don't expect this show to be over an hour. Um how many Viking coaches have won their first game on the road? They're not only their first win, but their first game was on the road, and they won it. Uh, well, the former coach didn't win it. Okay, Brad Childress did not win his first game on the road, that's for sure. Mike Tice, it took him forever to win his first game. Dennis Green's first game was on the road in Green Bay, and the Vikings lost. So Leslie Frazier, yeah, is, uh, well, within the last 20 years at very least, pretty... He's alone at the top on that list right now. That that impresses me. You can't discount it. I understand the Redskins aren't very good. I understand they're hurt. 
but it's still a road game, and the Vikings never win in Washington. They never do. We all know what happened in 1987. We all know what happened uh, just a few years ago in the Metrodome when the Redskins came in and, you know, kicked the living bleep out of us when we were trying to make the playoffs. The Redskins just came in and still took the hearts right out of us in 2007. I still remember that oh so well. And, yeah, there's a YouTube video to prove it. I'll just how upset I was. That was back my first year covering this team. That year, of course, on YouTube, not on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, and all that good stuff. Oh, and by the way, Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. Uh, I don't think I even mentioned that earlier, so I apologize for that. <laughs> we'll continue later on about the message boards. Um, but no, that's something I had to say about Leslie Frazier. That's it. Hey, it's a good sign. It proves this guy can win on the road. It ended, what, a nine-game road losing streak? That's pretty long. That's pretty long. Um, felt like forever. It felt like a lot longer. The first time the Vikings went on the road since they won in Green Bay against the Packers last year in their immortal season, and Brett Favre was just not going to lose that game. He just wasn't. Yeah, the Vikings won a game on the road, finally, and they did it with Leslie Frazier as the coach. Mike Tice sure the hell did not win his first game on the road as a coach. He started on the road against the uh, the uh, Baltimore Ravens. He got his ass kicked. Mike Tice was the interim coach at the time, totally unprepared to coach a football team. I thought he was uh, definitely given a raw deal, though, later on. I thought Tice's best year as a coach was 2005, and his reward was a pink slip. Great, or at least no renewed contract, which is the same thing as a pink slip. So uh, there, credit where it's due. Might be a completely meaningless victory. But to me, it means something if you can win on the road in your very first game. It just does. Whatever it is, it's got to mean something. It's got to mean something because Childress could not win on the road for for crap. He just couldn't. And certainly not with this current team, with their current morale, their current quarterback, their current defense the, uh, secondary with, its, with it being completely derailed with injuries beyond belief. I mean, it just totally destroyed with injuries. Chris Cook and, of course, Cedric Griffin of, of the the biggest of them all. Thank God that uh, Antoine Winfield is healthy and he's just a black hole defensively. You never hear his name once because they never throw in his direction, and you know why. I don't even need to educate anybody on that. You guys know why. You don't throw the ball to a guy like uh, the, who's you throw the ball to a guy who you can who you can beat, not to a guy you can't beat. Okay, I'm not going to take a break right now. We'll take a break after. I'm done reading the Facebook page and group. Not as many comments on here at this point in time, and that's fine with me. <laughs> also, again, at this point in time, Farzine Vesugian returns. Of course, again, host of the Chief Zone on the sportsup.com and iTunes. He said he listened to episode 79, I Feel Accomplished When Destroying a Goomba. I, got, I love that because I remember I made the comment about the Goombas regarding the former coach. In all seriousness, I don't believe the Vikings' rebuilding process will be that painful. They have AP at that running back spot, and I really like Harvin, Rice, Berrien, Shanko mix them, you know, when it comes to the passing game. If they spend that first draft pick on a QB, or just find them during the offseason through trade free agent, then I think they are set on offense. That new quarterback might have to learn a new offense and learn the NFL style if drafted but he'll have talent to work with. That would be good for a new quarterback, especially if it's a rookie. Defense has taken a small step back. I think it's a fluke year. I always felt offense helps defense, vice versa. 
Obviously, that isn't the case for Minnesota this season. Just my outsider's perspective. I know they don't have a third rounder because of Moss. Because of Moss. Wasted talent. <laughs> It'll be important that the Vikings play their cards with caution this offseason, especially in the draft. Yeah, it, you know, I can't disagree with anything he said there. The mm-hmm, the quarterback will have something to work with. Of, of, of course he will. i got to think the morale is going to be significantly higher next year than it is than it was this year. And, uh, yeah, Brad Childress is gone. The guy did not help the morale for the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, I can't believe I said his name, but, yeah, the former coach is gone. He was a morale killer, folks. He was, and all of you know it, of course, especially <laughs> a certain listener who was not too happy with my uh, overly, I guess, some in their opinion, I was overly too nice to Brad Childress on the previous show. Well, I'm going to say this statement to those of you who probably agree with her, is that, uh, <laughs> hey, I'm glad Brad Childress is gone. There's my statement. There, and I said his name again. Well, yeah, I'm glad he's gone. And um, we're going to move forward with the guy who wears a little more purple. He actually uh, he wears a little more purple. He's got a nice smile. And maybe, just maybe, he'll be the coach of the future for the Vikings. We'll see. And, um, hey... It wasn't pretty, but it was kind of fun. It kind of was at least a win on the road, finally. Tony L. Coleman, Twineball, says, Now that's more like it. Who knew Favre could still be mobile when he wanted to? Too bad about Adrian, though. Oh, yeah. I think Adrian's back next week, though. And, uh, yeah, for us to not... For us to see, that's one thing that makes up for the lack of uh, healthy players in the Washington Redskins. We were missing by far the most valuable player on our offense this year. By far. In fact, the whole team probably the most viable player in Adrian Peterson is playing out of his freaking mind. So, yeah, we still won on the road without Adrian Peterson for like about three quarters. That's pretty good. That's pretty darn good. Dan Doro says, Nothing better than the Vikings winning and the Packers losing. Sucks that AP was injured. Good thing we have Gerhardt to carry the ball. Let's keep it going. And, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Again, as mentioned, Toby Gerhardt for the record. For the record. 22 rushes, 76 yards, 3.5 a carry. His long, though, was only 6. I mean, at least that kind of makes him look a little more consistent that, you know, his yards per carry didn't, you know, wasn't <coughs> higher, excuse me for that, because he had a 65-yard a run. Uh, you know, he broke loose. But, yeah, only 6. Yikes. <laughs> 3.5 a carry. Certainly not exciting. He's more of a guts and glory type of running back. Almost like a Mike Allstott, fullback type level. We'll see how it goes. We will. He's a little bit of a stumbling, bumbling type of player right now. Uh, Adrian Peterson again. Man, he averaged six yards a carry in his six rushes, along at 14. Yeah, he didn't even break loose, and he still averaged six yards a carry. That just shows you how good Adrian Peterson <laughs> was. Toby Gerhardt only thrown the ball through twice in this game and for only five yards. Yeah, kind of like a Jimmy Kleinsasser in that sense. Nobody really all that spectacular receiving the ball, but the most valuable player receiving the ball was Adrian Peterson with his one catch for 34 yards that ended up leading to a scoring drive. Otherwise, Vasante Shenko had 54 yards and three catches. Harvin had five catches, but all of them very, very short passes that amounted to only 32 yards. Sidney Rice with only one catch and 20 yards in this game. That again, hey, that's a little bit alarming. Yes, it is. Latroy Guyon got a sack. I always talk about him. E.J. Henderson and Jared Allen with sacks. And Brian Robinson was all over the place late in the game as well. 
Um, yeah, I kind of got sidetracked there because you mentioned Gerhardt. So, yeah, I kind of started reading stats. Sorry about that. Though they were all important. Uh, sometimes I read those late in the game or after this. I read them now instead. Or late in the show, but I read them now instead. Uh, Dan Taylor puts up the uh, put up the Brett Favre 10-yard uh, run. So check that out on the Purple Mafia page. Purple Mafia page, I may have called it a group. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. He put the video of Brett Favre's 10-yard run. Check it out and watch it a million times if you want to. Tony Coleman says, can't stop watching this. And I and my final comment to that, and I had to say this, and I know of all of you were thinking this. I know what you were thinking when you saw this. Where was this late last January? Oh, wait. Okay, we'll move on from that. We're just going to leave that as is. I think you guys know exactly what I'm talking about, and of course you do. Now we'll get to the Pearl Mafia group because, yep, there's always going to be posts on here. That's why I'm going to leave this uh, alone. I'm not going to get rid of it. Certainly not anytime soon. Great to see you guys posting on here as well, and you're more than welcome to do it. In fact, there is an awful lot of posts on here. Holy cow, there's an awful lot of posts on here. Mm-mm-mm. Yep, Janine wrote the injury report. Boy, did she want to beat those Redskins. Yes, she did. She was talking about how she'll be in enemy territory tomorrow in the stomp zone underneath the big screen. Proudly wearing my purple and screaming my head off. <laughs> I better see some improvement with both the offensive and defensive lines. The Redskins run a 3-4. The Vikings run a 4-3. It'll be an interesting game with lots of turnovers, but it won't be boring. There's something that Janine also wrote earlier. All right, I got to re- read a little bit about that here. Oh, boy, she posted a lot this week. A scathing article on Favre in yesterday's Washington Post. That's, of course, back uh, last uh, Friday. She said, front page basically calling Favre an egotistical crybaby. It's amazing how reporters and bloggers can write such articles without ever meeting the subject of their article. Very curious. Yeah, without ever meeting the person. She man- me- Yeah, she mentions there. I tried to find the link, but no luck yet. <laughs> I keep trying. And, uh, yeah. He says, as mentioned, here's the article. It says, Sally Jenkins, Brett Favre, putting the me and team. So, yeah, do check that out if you're interested. Check it out indeed. Um, it's kind of a scathing, not-so-nice story about Brett Favre. That's so sure. So do check it out again if you want to. Uh, to get to the Pearl Mafia group, simply type in the search bar, Pearl Mafia Show, Minnesota Vikings. Or Minnesota Vikings, Purple Mafia Show, one of the two. And there you go. Janine again. Says, I'll be, oh yeah, I already read that one. And of course, the injury report. Sebastian Balls predicted a, uh, is that we have a close game. That's all he had to say for that. Only reason I say that is because we suck on grass. And yeah, yeah, we did. Yes, we have most of them. Janine again says, it'll be a close game with lots of turnovers. No, lots of field goals. Well, there were lots of field goals. It looks like Sebastian Balls won that prediction battle. Only one, only, uh, yeah. Only one turnover in the game. Crazy. Sebastian Balls again. LMAO. Favre got a big run. Sebastian again. We got a road win. Cedric Paulding says, Yeah, it was nice to get one. I agree with you on that. Excuse me for that. (laughs) Janine comes in and says, Yeah, baby. McNabb sacked four times today. Mighty nice. 
to see that in person. And EJ Henderson's interception. Can you believe that Favre had no turnovers? It's a miracle! Yeah, it kind of is, because Favre is, what, 22 on the year. Yeah, that's a lot of turnovers. Almost Culpepper level, dare I ever say that name. Sebastian Balls says, Hey, Favre didn't look injured at all today. Maybe once when he got decked standing in the pocket, but he never turned it over. Cedric Paulding says, Hey, Joey, what are you hearing about AP's ankle? I sure hope it's not serious. And also, can you touch on what Frazier and the team will look like? Yeah, Frazier's touch on the team will look like. Um, well, yeah, on Adrian Peterson, he uh, he has a sprained ankle, according to the most recent reports. Um, his status is, well... <laughs> questionable, but I gotta think he's gonna be playing Cedric. I gotta think Adrian Peterson will play against the Buffalo Bills next week. In fact, I'm gonna say this right now. I will be shocked if Adrian Peterson is not playing against the Buffalo Bills next week. I'd be shocked. Quote me on it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I mean, hey, we're all wrong sometimes, so go ahead and quote me on that right there. Cedric, and those of you also that are out there listening, Adrian Peterson will play next week against the Buffalo Bills. Janine says, thank you for this. Oh, thank you for this, Janine. Thanks. Oh, I love that she said this. (laughs) Enough with the playoff talk from everyone. Yesterday's win was good, but not great. It's a start in the right direction. More tweaking is clearly needed, especially special teams, to face the Bills next week. I think the Vikings and their fans should should just enjoy being spoilers. Take one game at a time, and we'll go from there. We must concentrate on the next game and nothing else. And see where we stand in a month or so. And Sebastian says, I agree 100%. And sadly, the Bills look like like a half-decent team this year. Only because, yeah, of late they've played a lot better. Um, yeah, certainly a lot more competitive than the record would show. But then again, a lot like the Los Angeles Clippers in the NBA, they're losers. They just they find a way to lose games. You know, they just do. They're competitive, they're good, but they find a way to lose games. So I think the Vikings' chances are... Fairly decent against the Bills, as that's going to be the next subject very soon. Um, Sebastian, not too long ago, was saying, hey, the Vikings aren't mathematically out of it, but uh, nice to see you say that you agree with, uh, excuse me, you agree with Janine 100% as I continue to not cough, I continue to try to not cough. Anyway, I'm, I don't know what's going on here. Um, good, to, good to see you agree with that, though. It's uh, <laughs> This is a long ways off, folks. The playoffs are so far off. Don't ask me about if the what might what I think the Vikings' chances are getting to the playoffs, because just just don't anymore. It's not any disrespect to any of you out there. I love all of you listeners more than you more than you can imagine. Again, don't take that too seriously, <laughs> in 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 the wrong way if you know what I mean. Um, but don't yeah. Let's not talk about the playoffs. Let's just concentrate on the next game. I know that's boring when coaches say that, but it's because it's it's kind of. <laughs> it's kind of annoying, actually. It kind of is. I mean, we've lost seven games. Why are we talking about the full season? We're four and seven. A lot of things need to go right. And I mean a lot of things need to go right. So many that it's just, like, it's... Let's just not talk about it. There you go. We ain't going to talk about that right now. As Dennis Green would say. <laughs> oh! Excuse me, I'm dying here, guys. Oh, my goodness. Well, the Buffalo Bills lost to the ultra-cheap, <laughs> but... A team that, hey, they find a way to win games. Pretty or not, they find a way to win games. And uh, they lost 
a heartbreaker to the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday. And we're going to review, preview those Buffalo Bills. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 80, which is a reminder for iPod users and also other MP3 players like the Microsoft Zoom. Uh, thank you again for joining Purple Mafia and making me a part of your week. As always, it's been wonderful. 80 episodes, folks. 80 episodes. Well, the Buffalo Bills. That's right. The Vikings travel to Buffalo, New York, the home of Buffalo Wild Wings. That's right. Wild Wings were first started. The Buffalo Wild Wings were first started in Buffalo, New York, not somewhere in Missouri or Arizona or anything like that, or New Orleans. No, they were started in Buffalo, New York. A lot of you already knew that, and a lot of you didn't know that, so I figured I'd throw that out there. So go get your Buffalo Wild Wings, Vikings. Uh-huh. Well, Buffalo's Bills offense officially in the bottom third of the NFL. Nothing all too exciting in that sense, uh, though I think I do like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he's a better quarterback than other people may think. Though a lot of us, a lot of us, really across the NFL that watch the, that watch closely, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't bad at all. I think he's got a chance to be a, a Buffalo Bill for a while. Now they got to get pieces around him. They sure do. The passing game, well, it's all right. They average about 208 yards a game. They average 110 on the ground. Kind of just the bottom third of the league. Nothing spectacular about the Buffalo Bills on offense. Obviously, I'm more afraid of Ryan Fitzpatrick than I am really of anybody else on the Buffalo Bills right now. He's a guy that clearly, he's young, he makes mistakes, but clearly he is on the rise in this league. No matter what you think of him, Ryan Fitzpatrick is on the rise in this league, and uh, he can beat you. He actually can. Yeah, the Bills are 2-9 and nine this year, and they probably won't beat the Vikings, but you never know. Yeah, just never know. The Buffalo Bills give up almost 27 points a game, which is the fourth worst, in fact, making them 28th in football. So they're going to give up. They give up points. Hopefully, the Vikings can take advantage of that. That'd be nice. Yardage-wise, again, bottom third of the league, not the worst. Probably about 25th or 24th or so. The Buffalo Bills giving up 377 yards. Uh, they give up 167 yards on the ground, making them the worst rush defense in the NFL. So if Adrian Peterson is healthy. What do you think we're going to do with Adrian Peterson? Well, we're going to give him the damn ball. That's right. We're going to give him the damn ball. Their pass defense certainly a lot better. 209 a game, or 210 really. That's actually in probably that's actually in the, uh, the upper third or so in the league. The pass defense a lot better than their run defense. They give up 167 yards a game to the Buffalo Bills. Oh, for the love of God! So again, give Adrian Peterson the damn ball. Get out of his way and have some fun. The Minnesota Vikings can and will beat the Buffalo Bills this coming Sunday. And if Adrian Peterson is healthy, I am guaranteeing a victory for the Minnesota Vikings this Sunday. Oh my God, I just said it. I'm guaranteeing a victory for the Minnesota Vikings. Holy crap, Batman! And that's because the Buffalo Bills give up more yards than anybody. But then again, that's if Adrian Peterson plays. 
If he doesn't, well, I still think the Vikings are going to win, but I ain't going to guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, 167 yards a game on the ground. I, I just cannot believe that. The Bills are dead meat, and I mean just dead, if Adrian Peterson is healthy and uh, doesn't, yeah, well, I won't even use the word. Yeah, it wasn't a swear word, it's the other F word when it comes to Adrian Peterson and the Vikings that we all knew way too well last season. Oh, yes, we did. In fact, the Buffalo Bills defensively are in the bottom fourth of the NFL, not in the bottom third because of that rush defense. It is terrible. It really is. They only have four interceptions on the year as well, which is alarmingly low. So, yeah, Brett Favre might be able to throw a little bit on these guys as well, despite the fact the yardages are, well, a little bit tougher to come by. We're just going to have to see where this goes. The Buffalo Bills also have 20 sacks on the year. That's, you know, not that great. So long as the offensive line can protect Favre a teeny tiny bit, we'll be okay, i got to think. And again, just <laughs> Adrian Peterson is going to have a big game, I think, this Sunday. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Vikings should roll in Buffalo, but then again, you never know. You just never know because they're playing better than they were earlier in the year. Though they did get beat by the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday. Yes, they did. And how did the Steelers running game do yesterday? Well, it did pretty damn good. Richard Mendenhall, he did rush the ball 36 times. <laughs> But he still had a 4.2 yards per carry. His long was only 22 yards. I mean, that's, you know, he did fumble, though. He did lose a fumble, but 151 yards on the ground. I think the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers had a lot of fun running the ball yesterday. Yeah, yes, they did. Redmond also rushed the ball five times, good for five yards of carry. Ben Roethlisberger also gave, you know, ran for an 18-yard scamper. When the, when the Broncos needed it oh so Broncos, the Pittsburgh Steelers needed it oh so badly uh, Roethlisberger, not, distru- not dazzling in the air no he wasn't, uh, Fitzpatrick may be taking a step back as well, so that's another thing that uh, that uh, <laughs> could be of note, Fitzpatrick then again they played the Pittsburgh Steelers so whatever, Pittsburgh Steelers and the Vikings play some good defense and run the ball well, which of course is the uh, fundamentals of football, good defense and running the ball, Vikings will absolutely win the game next week. Hopefully it won't be as close as it was for the Pittsburgh Steelers who are now 8-3. and three. This game was in Buffalo. The Bills, of course, always tougher in Buffalo than on the road. I mean, if it was in the Dome, it would be a blowout, I think, as long as you get Peterson the ball enough get him a chance to do something. Fred Jackson is a threat, though, by the Buffalo Bills. Yes, he is. He caught five, he had five catches for 101, four yards yesterday and a touchdown. Also 12 rushes for 59 yards. Uh, yeah, Red Jackson had over 160 yards total yesterday for the Bills. So that's a guy also to watch for. For him to be able to do that against the Pittsburgh Steelers, well, that means uh, there's a little bit of something going on there. We'll see how this turns out. It was definitely field goal wars in Buffalo yesterday. Oh, yes, it was. It was nothing but field goals. It was absolutely ridiculous, other than Richard Mendenhall and Fred Jackson's touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, Sean System had four field goals. Ryan Lindell, Rianne Lindell, had three. That's pretty crazy. That's <laughs> Sean System, a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's funny. It sure is. Cowboys kicker last year in the Metrodome against the uh, yeah Vikings. Yeah, ha-ha. <laughs> he missed a key kick in that game early when the, when the Cowboys were still in it. Yeah, early. We'll leave it at that. So, yeah, I do think the Vikings win, especially if Adrian Peterson is able to play. The Vikings will beat the Buffalo Bills, and, yeah, I think Adrian Peterson will play next week. 
So, there you go. There's your formula. The Vikings should win. Alrighty, well, we'd like you to please join the message boards on the sportstuff.com and <laughs> sportstuff.com. We need you to uh, please click the button in the upper right-hand corner that says TSS Boards. We'd appreciate that very, very much. Then click the button that says register or the link that says register, excuse me. That is when you get your screen name up and running. Keep it simple. Keep it, uh, you know, making sense. Not too crazy. Then there will be no reason to suspect that it's spam. And you can chat with everybody in the North Division and everybody in the other divisions in the NFL because that's how the message boards are split up into the divisions. Very cool idea by executive producer and founder of thesportstuff.com, Dylan Richardson. You can also talk to him, especially if you're a Bears fan because, yeah, he's a Bears fan. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. Also, please do call into the phone. I missed hearing from you guys this week. 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Simply mention you are calling it for approval mafia and make your opinion, shout-out, comment, whatever it is. Great to have you on Purple Mafia. Missed you, Anthony from L.A. I miss you out there. Just going to throw that. Please do call in again when you can. Brent Jacobson, always welcome as well. And uh, those of you that haven't called in yet that have been itching to, as, as they say in Nike, just do it. Just do it. There's nothing to be shy about, that's for sure. If you have time, don't call in. I mean, you're so welcome to call in. Call in. Love to hear from you. All right. Because I know that, hey, there's a lot of you out there that post on those message boards that never have never called in yet. I understand you're busy and have a life, but if you can, do call in. Also, one final request as well, again, which is a request. I can't make anybody do anything. Uh, write a review for Purple Mafia on iTunes. If you like the show, hey, give me a nice rating and write the re- write a review on iTunes if you have time to do that. Mention what you like about the show, even what you don't like. If you you know you have a you have a free mind, we were meant to have free speech in this country, the United States of America, in this great republic, which it for which it stands. <laughs> yeah, you have free speech. Please do talk on iTunes and tell me what you like and don't like. If hey. All suggestions to improve this show are more than welcome to my ears and to my eyes. So thank you always for listening. All of you, you've been fantastic for sticking with me through the tough times and now maybe some slightly more easygoing times. I'm just going to call it easygoing because we're discussing Leslie Frazier. So we are going to call it a show. We'll be back next week after the 5-7 and Vikings. Who will have defeated the Bills. That's why I'm calling them 5-7, because they'll have defeated the Bills by that point. (laughs) Take care, guys.